0: Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Today's Gospel teaches us and reminds us how Christ is the source of nourishment for us all. Christ was the source of nourishment for the 5,000 that participated in the miracle of the multiplication of the loaves that we hear in today's Gospel. And 2,000 years later, with us, Jesus continues to be a source of nourishment for us every time we gather for Mass. Now, this miracle of the multiplication of the loaves overwhelmed the early Christians of the first century. Why? Because this is the only miracle that can be found in all four of the Gospels. If you study the Gospels, the miracles there are not always consistent. For example, you can find the same miracles in, say, like Luke, as well as Matthew, but you don't find those miracles in Mark or John, and vice versa. So, we can naturally conclude that all four of the evangelists that wrote their Gospels were so profoundly impacted by this story, they felt it necessary to include it in their Gospels. More to it, This story has fascinated theologians and scholars for centuries, so therefore we must tend to it very carefully. Now, notice how it begins. It says, Jesus went up a mountain and sat down. We'll stop right there. Remember, John's Gospel is probably the richest in symbolism than all the four of the Gospels. No detail should be overlooked. The details in John's Gospel are very intentionally, and they're specific. All filled with meaning. Now, whenever you hear mountain in sacred scripture, whether it's the Old Testament or the New Testament, it's always synonymous where you find God. The mountain in sacred scripture is where heaven and earth unite in the most powerful way. I'll give you some examples Noah, he beaches his ark on top of Mount Ararat, and in doing so establishes a new covenant with God, and then all the waters recede. Abraham, climbs Mount Moriah with his son Isaac to perform the sacrifice, and just at the moment he's about to sacrifice his son, an angel comes and stops him. Moses, he climbs Mount Sinai, and he encounters God in the form of a burning bush. Jesus, he climbs Mount Tabor and is miraculously transfigured before his apostles, and the apostles hear the voice of God the Father. And so, Mountains are places where heaven and earth unite. And so from the very beginning of this story, it tells us that something powerful is going to take place on top of this mountain. Well, I would argue every time we gather for Mass, we go up that mountain to be with God. Every time we gather for Mass, just like those people, we realize we are in the presence of God. Every time we come for Mass, we encounter God through his word, and also by his body and blood. Now, the story continues. Jesus, he asks for the people to be fed. Now, this is important. Jesus takes the initiative. It's not the apostles asking. It's Jesus Christ asking for the people to be fed. Just like Jesus took the initiative at the time of the Last Supper, before his death, to institute our Mass. Well, that continues on with us. Every time we gather for Mass, it is Jesus who takes the initiative to call us to Mass and then to feed us. And see, that's why we have to recognize how crucial, how important the Eucharist is for us all. The early church fathers referred to the Eucharist as food for the journey. The Eucharist, yes, it is food for our soul in order for us to continue on in the spiritual life in this world. Without it, we can't continue on in the spiritual life. We spiritually starve. Just like our bodies need food and water to sustain life, if not, we eventually die. Well, so too with the Eucharist. Our soul needs the Eucharist. The body and blood of Jesus Christ is the source of life. And when we receive the Eucharist, we receive God's grace. And in doing so, we can continue the journey in this life, in this world. We have to remember our origin. Our origin begins in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, in which God says, Let us make man in our own image and likeness. We are all made in the image and likeness of God. Consequently, the body and blood of Jesus Christ is crucial to help us grow into that image throughout our entire life. St. Catherine of Siena, in her book, The Dialogue, she writes about the Eucharist, and she says, When we eat Jesus' body and blood, we gradually, little by little, grow into that image and likeness we're created in. And that happens our entire life. She continues on and she says, such that when our life in this world is over and we stand before God, God looks at us and he sees a mirror image of himself. I always say, never underestimate the transformative effect of the Eucharist. That is why no one can say, you know, I don't have to go to Mass and I don't go to Mass, but I'm in a right relationship with God. Well, that's crazy. They're only kidding themselves. But it also begs the question, how can a person be in a right relationship with God when denying themselves the very food that helps them grow in that relationship, that helps them grow in the image and likeness of God? Now, the story continues. He orders the people to recline. Now, I don't know if you picked up on that little detail, but John says now there was a great deal of grass there. Well, when you stop and think, well, who cares? And why does John include that detail that is so odd? See, we have to realize most of the territory around Galilee, and this is where they are, is arid and a dry place. There's little vegetation, let alone grass. And so then it begs the question, why? Why does John include that little snippet of a detail? Well, remember last week in the Gospel, Jesus, it says, His heart was moved with pity as he looked at the people because they were scattered like sheep without a shepherd. Well, go to Psalm 23. How does it begin? The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. See, John is reaching back to Psalm 23. And he's tying it to or linking it to this story. John is alluding to the fact that Jesus Christ is that good shepherd. He leads us to places of rest so that we can be fed and cared for. Now, Jesus, he performs the miracle. Now, not only does, are the people satisfied, but they're filled. They have more than they could possibly eat. And there's leftovers, 12 baskets full of leftovers. This tells us whenever Jesus performs a miracle, it's always over the top. It's always super abundant, more than we could possibly want. Remember the story of the wedding feast at Cana. Jesus turns water into wine. He doesn't just turn a gallon or a couple gallons of water into wine. It said he changed hundreds of gallons of water into wine. Everything Jesus does is always over the top super abundant. Our world needs a sacrifice in order to be saved. Someone must die in order for us to receive salvation. And so what does Jesus do? He climbs upon the cross and he completely gives himself entirely over for our salvation. Everything Jesus does is always over the top, super abundant. Jesus doesn't give the people just a little bit food, to get by so that they can fend for themselves. No, he gives them more than they could possibly need. And that's a great example of God's grace. God's grace is something that we have more than we could possibly need. Every time we pray, every time we come to Mass, every time we receive a sacrament or perform a corporal or spiritual works of mercy, we receive God's grace. And not just a little bit to get by, but always God's grace that is superabundant, over the top. Now, stay with that theme. At Mass, at the time of offertory, just like that boy with the loaves and the two fish, we bring up to the altar a few hosts, a little bit of wine. And just like in this story, at the time of the consecration, God descends upon the altar and changes those meager gifts into superabundant gifts. The greatest gift that God could ever give us, other than his only son, the gift of Jesus' body and blood. Thomas Aquinas calls the Eucharist the Panis Angelicus, the bread of the angels. And so, from those meager gifts come superabundant gifts. Now, one last thing to think about. In the end, Jesus, he tells the apostles to gather all the fragments so that nothing is wasted. Don't we do the same thing at Mass? After Communion, we gather the remaining hosts and we place them in the tabernacle, so that we can be fed by God again. How does this story begin? On top of a mountain, in which God gathers the people to Him, and then He provides them comfort in order for them to be fed, and not just fed but fully fed in a super abundant way. This is exactly what happens at Mass. Every time we gather for Mass, we go to that mountain, and we now are in the presence of God, and God provides us comfort and rest, and then he feeds us, and we are fully fed. When we come to Mass, we are hungry, hungry for the Eucharist, and Jesus feeds us in a super abundant way, such that when we leave Mass, now we're fully fed, just like those people. We're filled with God's blessings and his prayers. And so, in so many ways, every time we gather for Mass, we live out this story of the multiplication of the loaves. We realize Jesus is the source of our nourishment as well as the source of our life. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.